Hello, welcome to the Eating for Health podcast. I'm Dr. Harriet Home, founder of Healthy Eating Doctor, registered nutritionist and doctor. I studied medicine at Cambridge University, worked in the NHS for over a decade, have a PhD in genetics, lecture on nutrition and was commissioned to write a novel degree combining culinary skills, nutrition and health. I'm on a mission to break down nutrition myths and share science-backed nutrition to help empower you. I'll share some interviews, theories and practical tips focused around nutrition and health. Stay tuned to find out more. I'm delighted to be joined today by Lisa Gilby, who's a personal stylist to talk about emotional eating and how to dress for body confidence. Lisa Gilby is a personal stylist, host of the Style Stories podcast and a digital course creator and entrepreneur. She specialises in helping her clients find their authentic style and has helped hundreds of authors, TV personalities, entrepreneurs and professionals to get confidence in their style with the best image possible. She also styles for the BBC and other TV channels and is a member of the VIP Style Club at Harvey Nichols. For more information about her and her style consultancy, have a look at her website. That's lisagilbystyle.com and I'll put links in the show notes. Lisa offers digital style courses and consultations. So I'm really delighted to have Lisa Gilby, who's a, uh, a personal stylist with me to talk today. And we're going to talk a bit about emotional eating, how that impacts what you eat, how you eat, um, body confidence, um, how it relates with what you wear, and, um, and, and lots more all about that topic. So before I talk about um, emotional eating to start with, I'm going to ask Lisa to say a little bit about herself first. Okay. Hi, Harriet. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm delighted to be here today. I'm I'm personal stylist and I'm also podcast host as well, actually. So I've got my own podcast, which is called The Style Stories, and that's aimed at women over 40. And it's all about style, image and fashion. But I also cover quite a bit of health as well. And you've actually been on the podcast, Harriet, as well, to talk about nutrition. I have. Um, and since and the pandemic... Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So since the pandemic as well, I've had to pivot to providing digital courses as well. I've packaged up my expertise. I've been a stylist for 11 years and I've seen inside hundreds of wardrobes and I've packaged all my knowledge up into digital courses because, of course, you know, Boris said stay at home and, you know, March last year, that was it. The shops have been shut for a huge proportion, but also as well, people aren't going anywhere and a lot of what I do with the styling side is connected to people going out and going to events and all that kind of thing so huge unforeseen changes but thank you for having me on delighted to be here it's a pleasure um so I just sort of start off a little bit about um emotional eating and just sort of give some background information on what that is so um when you eat sometimes you eat because you're physically hungry and sometimes you eat because maybe you're a bit stressed or bored um or you want that you know that high um from eating um it's sort of a pick me up as a reward and that's called emotional eating and you can sort of tell the difference between them um so physical hunger gradually builds up um you're you don't have a particular craving for a particular food um anything will do and once you've eaten you feel full and and satiated and um, and happy and then with emotional eating you have a uh, the, the hunger builds a lot quicker so it comes on almost immediately and you have a really specific craving for a specific type of food and only that food will do normally and and then once you've eaten it you might 
sometimes have sort of feelings of guilt and shame and regret that you ate it and that can lead to sort of negative cycle where you then feel a bit lower you you ate to fill that emotional hole but it didn't really fill it and so then you feel worse event you know than you started and um and could sort of trigger that sort of negative eating pattern and i think um well there's so much good evidence about stress impacting eating um and also um you know how what we eat also affects our mood and you can really understand that during the pandemic things have changed for so many people there's been so much stress our eating patterns have changed we're staying inside we're a lot closer to the to biscuits we're not doing the same exercise we're not going to the gym and um, I'm sure that you must have had sort of similar experiences with clients that they are, are feeling well maybe they've sort of put on a bit of weight maybe their waistbands have increased maybe they're just at home in their you know their leisure wear and and it all sort of really ties in I think oh my goodness it, it so ties in people are just sitting at home in their comfies I mean I'm sort of as you're saying all this I'm sort of thinking about my own experiences with emotional eating as well but you know that thing you, you, about tre- cheering yourself up with a biscuit I mean you know people cheer themselves up with buying themselves something nice it's that sort of you know um shopping therapy isn't it it's you know something that you give yourself a little treat to make yourself feel better and people are sitting at home in their elasticated waists and all of that and of course we have because we haven't been haven't had anywhere to go we've got nowhere to go and you'd look a bit of a oddball if you went to Sainsbury's wearing something quite glamorous it's a shame because I think lots of us are itching to get break out of that now you know we've had months indoors in central heating we're all feeling a bit crap. You know, my skin is terrible. It's like sort of crusty crocodile skin. You know, it's just, it's it's dreadful. And, you know, we do have these things to cheer ourselves up. Now, I've, I've remembered years ago, my experience of emotional eating. And emotional eating, you know, it, it can be like, addi- I mean, it's completely addictive. It feels like it's a bit of an addiction to me, you know, like be, yeah. basically just feeling so low and I was very emotionally low myself when I got into my sort of early 20s and I've heard since it's that's quite a tricky time for some reason it's a transition from being a real child and a teen kind of transitioning into adulthood and I'd left home and I just I was drinking a lot of beer I was a ladette I was around that time of when you know remember when Zoe absolutely I was I kind of just adopted that you know and I was drinking pints with my friends pints of beer and eating so badly and making really bad food choices eating late at night eating junk but then it got to the point where I was actually really miserable and I was cheering myself up with food and then I just put on like I put on I think two and a half stone really quickly so quite a considerable weight gain yeah and I, I remember going home to my family and they kind of they were horrified and looking back now, it's the way they dealt with it was pretty awful because they they kind of you know that term fat shamed. It was a bit like that. Really, they should have been sort of saying, "What's up with Lisa? Why is she emotionally eating?" Because there's a root cause. There's something. I was I was protecting myself from something. I was comforting myself. I've never really got to gotten to the bottom of it, but I mean, I know that style fashion looking after yourself nutrition all of this is really really interlinked because it's all about taking Mm. care of yourself and wanting to be the best version of yourself and you know now basically you know I got on a mission and I lost I lost the weight and I've been the same kind of weight for for years I think I'm just at my normal 
weight now and I make healthy choices and I just feel so much better but yeah I've had this this personal experience of emotional eating and it is just about comforting yourself yeah absolutely and you can see there's a lot of parallels between you know comforting yourself with eating in a biscuit or comforting yourself as you're buying something you know a treat online or 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 you're you know you're going out for coffee with friends and and all of those other usual treats that we might have had have now or or lots of them have, have you know have disappeared or or we have to you know, wait for, for life to resume again after the pandemic or, and depending on what life and normal life looks like again. But even just with food, I think that, you know, having your online shopping the whole time, certainly for me, um, does take away some of the excitement of going to the food. You know, obviously there's sort of the monotony of going for your food shop, but it's like, you know, you can smell the food, see sort of new products and, you know, have some inspiration. I think probably the same with clothes as well that you you know, most people don't get everything online and there's some you know, pleasure in going there and, you know, having a bit of a treat and looking at things sometimes. Oh, yeah. I mean, that that's what fashion. What, one of the things about fashion is I'm, I'm really fascinated, actually, in the emo, in the emotional, and the psychological side of fashion and style. And I cover this a lot on my podcast and I have psychologists and people like that on because some people say things like, well, it's frivolous to be interested in that sort of thing. And it particularly at a time like now. Like you should you shouldn't be interested in things like that. Actually, fashion, style, all of those things are something that can give you a lot of joy, you know, and there is nothing wrong with that. There's Agreed. you know, you can you can take joy from those things. It's one of those things in life that if you're not happy with, if you're not happy with your diet, if you're eating unhealthily, if you're not happy with your wardrobe, you can change it. You can change it. Right. So it's, it's, I agree. But I also think it goes deeper than that. I actually think that if you dress for confidence, you know, for yourself, that it gives you confidence. And, and also, I think that probably if you're at home all day, every day in your tracksuit or you lounge about, you're going to do, eat differently than if you're dressed up, you're going out to work or, you know, you're, you're feeling more body confident. I think it's a lot easier. It's almost like that sort of thing where people think to be healthy, you have to be perfect and you have to eat perfectly that um that you don't have to eat perfectly because if you think you've got that goal you're never going to achieve it so if you if you start off the morning with a biscuit you think oh gosh you know there's no point in trying for the rest of the day I'm not perfect I'll just give up now in the same way that I almost think that sort of loungewear everything gets a bit more relaxed and you probably feel a bit sort of the same well you know why not have a biscuit you know you've not got any of that feedback of your jeans getting too tight or if you're wearing you know tracksuit bottoms for example or anything it's just much easier just to sort of oh well you know it's there it's close to hand I'm relaxing I'm, I'm in a relaxed mood I'm relaxing so I think it's sort of like confidence issues body confidence is really important I think clothes and are really key to that but this is again this is a psychological side of style so even in the in the pandemic and we by the way we all need to be kind to ourselves at the moment we do need mm. to let ourselves off the hook because it is a really Absolutely. hard time and it's, it's really tough, really yeah. tough for all of us lots of people are really struggling um but one of the things i noticed was that and this is true of my clients as well and there have been studies done about this is that getting dressed as if you're going to work still in some way really changes your outlook and it changes your perception of not you know of yourself of course of others perception of you as well Mm. so you know um basically they've proved that if you 
if you wear sort of something that makes you feel professional, your mindset just straight away changes. And I think it would be hard to be this professional person if you're sitting there in a really stained hoodie, you know, and all of that. I mean, we're, I all, a bit so, zoomed, yeah. we're all a bit zoomed I, out, but it, it, this, is, this is how it's all connected. It's also really connected to self-esteem. So, you know, yes. so you just have a higher opinion of yourself if you're dressed in this mm. professional attire. Um, and I'm not saying it's about buying loads of clothes or anything like that. It's about just, you know, looking after yourself. This is all about looking after yourself, which is what nutrition does, mm. you know, looking after your body. And this is this is looking yeah. after yourself from the outside and looking after your self-esteem. And then you get this halo effect. It's called the halo effect. So it's when your perception of yourself is better and others' perception of you as well. And it increases trust, it increases all these really positive things. You can get the horn effect as well, which is the opposite. So that's, you know, people have a negative opinion of you, you know, based on, and, you know, rightly or wrongly, that's the thing. This isn't right. You should be able to wear whatever you want, especially in a pandemic. You should be able to hunker down, if you like, in a pair of jogging bottoms and a stained hoodie. It's not, but the thing is, that isn't how human nature works because you've got, unconscious bias in the mix you've got it really does run quite deep people want to know if they're safe they want to know on a human level if they can trust you they want to know if they can do business with you if they like you all these things and the first way of knowing that is by looking at someone and instantly and and judging in the first few seconds I don't know exactly how many but I know it's certainly a small number of seconds isn't it sort of instantaneous judgment not on what you've said in those seconds but on what you look like and absolutely I'm not saying everyone should teeter around the the house in high heels far from that or you know that we should all be you know dressing up I, I think that um that it's not about that it's about body confidence and um and feeling confident in whatever you're wearing whatever that is um it's just got to make you feel um confident and and give you that self-esteem so that you want to look after yourself you want to look after your body and it's just a, an extra sort of tool in your armory for helping you to make the time for yourself really I think isn't it it's about having that mental space and physical space to do so I mean that's totally it that that's what clothes are they're a tool they're they're a tool to make you feel better about yourself all of those things and it doesn't mean that you have to dress in some kind of body con tailored dress you know if you're if no, you're absolutely. together is is at leisure but you know but it, it's just about feeling nice and feeling like yourself yeah. and looking after yourself and you know fashion and, I'm really interested in the and fact, it does you know, really fashion, change your mood doesn't it yeah it totally it has the ability to completely elevate or bring you down if you go to an event yeah. if we look at the negative side and you feel you're uncomfortable or you've got a big presentation to do and you've your outfit's wrong that's going to bug you even if it's on a self, self-conscious level so it's about getting Absolutely. what's really honing in on what's right for you though and your personality as well that's really important you know not dressing how you think you should but you know through the ages fashion is a way is like a um it's like a real kind of marker for the times that we're living in so at the moment when we look back on this time everyone's going to be in their jogging bottoms and their trainers and their you know their relaxed clothing and perhaps after this we get out of lockdown it will be super super glamorous because everyone will just be like oh I'm, I'm tired of sitting at home and the same happens with food trends as well. So food, you know, at the moment we've yeah. got the avocado on toast kind of trend. 
you know, banana bread. That, that, and, banana yeah. bread. You've got to make sourdough in lockdown. You've got to make banana bread. All this kind of stuff, and you know, and stuff that we used to eat. I used to eat as a kid. No one would ever dream of eating now, like Angel Delight and stuff like that. So it's like, you know, things change through the ages, and it is like a marker of our time, and it is closely connected, fashion and food. Yeah. So that's a great link then to what do you think the sort of fashion trends of 2021 will be then when we actually come out of lockdown? Well, Stella McCartney has released her collection and it is um, and she's always a really good marker. And it's it's athleisure. It's completely that people are not going glam yet, but there are a lot of really cheery kind of sorbet colours like raspberry sorbet, Mm. corals, like all those sorts of colours Like normally this time of year you would start to see, I mean, it's not groundbreaking to have florals this time of year. I mean, every year mm-hmm. the magazines will roll out the florals at spring on everything. Um, yeah. And now, you know, now less so, but colour is going to be a huge one because people need that cheering up. But all the silhouettes are, are still very relaxed. So lots of wide leg trousers. It's a look looks a little bit still like the 70s has got a hold actually in fashion. It's like lots of the wide leg trousers are still really in. And that kind of look. And thank you. And and also, I don't know if you've sort of seen the um, the memes going around at the moment about the sort of younger generation teasing the sort of you're my generation about wearing skinny jeans. We just can't leave our skinny jeans alone, and we have to put oh, our hair on the side. And... <laughs> so I tell I didn't you know what, I... I didn't think I'll be parted from my skinny jeans for a while yet, but. <laughs> I do love I do love the skinny jeans and do you know what if something suits you you sh- you can stick to it and it means you're probably more of a classic dresser as well if you're happy to stick with that and you're not your head isn't turned by trends but interestingly we were driving home from the common today and my 11 year old son said why do all the girls dress exactly the same and I said what do you mean he said well they've all got those wide leg jeans on and north face puffer jackets and this is so true. It's like literally they're all like identikits of each other at the moment. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I, must yeah. Say I haven't actually been out that much in order to see no. anyone. But, um, but, but yeah, I do know that that North Face puffer is really trending there. It's super the trendy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just quite excited just to wear you know, jeans going out on the nursery run, to be honest, sometimes, but your school run, but it, it just will be really nice to go for a coffee or a restaurant and or a date night or see friends and just put some, you know, put some going out clothes on. I think I'm really quite excited by that. So I'm really excited. I mean, I, I actually have been wearing a lot of really pretty dresses because it's just making me feel good with chunky boots. I'm sitting here today in a, in a pink dress with red flowers on it and chunky boots. I haven't gone anywhere today apart from being in my sort of home office, but it, it's, it's lifted my mood. I feel nice. I'm recording a podcast of you. So I wanted to look nice on camera, obviously, and feel professional when I'm doing that. And that that's how it's a tool. And it's it's also it's armor as well, I think. It's like if yeah. you you know, if you go to an interview or anything like that, it's sort of like put, putting on your armor um and being fully prepared and in control of your image and in control of what other people think of you. And it isn't right that people make this judgment. It's just as of course it's not, but it is like I mentioned before, sadly, it's part of human nature yeah, yeah it is and, and I follow a couple of people on Instagram one of them is I think she's called Jessica Diner and she always wears the most beautiful floral maxi dresses and I sometimes think 
that it's quite hard as a parent. My children are, are young, you know, they're five and three. And mm. I guess I'm just beginning to, well, just beginning to come out of the very little child phase um, that, you know, where you're sort of covered in food and baby food and, and various things when you're at home. But she always looks incredibly glamorous with, with young children and these amazing maxi dresses on. And I was sort of think, oh, I, you know, I, I must get my dresses out and, you know, sort of feel a bit better just with the kids sometimes. But it's quite... Quite, I think it's a mindset sometimes you know if you just sort of pull, go to those sort of clothes that you always go to because they're quick and easy and you're in a hurry and the kids are you know trying to get you know trying to get ready as quickly as possible so it's I think pra- it, um, yeah. it's practical it's you know it's practical and I have a lot yeah. of clients Harriet like that you and myself I was in skinny jeans and for years I was I called it the South London mum uniform and it was just skinny <laughs> jeans converse and a t-shirt when my kids were little now they're bigger, they're 13 and 11. I'm just like starting to, I'm sort of glamming up quite a lot more. And I have a lot of clients that are in your face because you, you haven't got time when kids are little and they're hanging no. off you. But the thing with dresses is they're, they're even easier because it's just one thing. Yeah. You can just put, you just put on a dress, put your boots on, boom, you're done. I think I'm probably, you know, I think there are probably lots of people like me that probably wear the same items over and over because you know what temperature it is you know it's comfortable you know you just you get on the top of your pile and you just put it straight on day or you know cycle them and never have the time to go through and look you know for other things to wear that because it just takes those extra vital few seconds a bit longer but um I think maybe well hopefully after lockdown my kids will be a bit older and I'll have a little bit more time but well, yeah, tell me exactly. a bit about um how to dress for your body shapes I know that's something that you know lots of us probably struggle with are there any tips that you can give us I've seen on your website you've got a really great downloadable um little uh what's it called like infographic about the different body shapes and, yes. and tips and what to do. yeah well I've got a pdf if, if anyone listening wants to grab it so if you just go to my website lisa gilby style Dot com and it comes up as a pop-up and it's basically the thing to remember so we've all there are five main body shapes and it's about highlighting the bits that you're proud, more sort of proud of and downplaying the bits that you're not so proud of. So, for example, if you're pear shape, you're going to be smaller on top and probably wear like a smaller size on top, bigger size on the bottom. Really common shape for women. So it's the triangle. So you're small on the top and then you sort of spread out a bit at the bottom. So for that kind of shape, you'd wear fitted on top on the smaller bit and then you'd wear like an a-line or flared skirt on the bottom half if you're someone who's straight up and down you know you've got that column shape and you haven't really got a waist much waist definition then you go for straight lines and you sort of follow the lines of your body that's a really good rule and if you've got hourglass that's very clear waist definition it's always better to wear belted or fitted things because people tend to sort of try and hide their curves under lots and lots of material and actually that makes you look bigger it's actually better to mm. go for more fitted things and add a belt to a dress you know that kind of thing but um I mean that there's sort of the, the five also apple is a really common shape so apple's a rounded shape and most apples are mostly boobs and tum and you know with nutrition the thing is as well it doesn't matter how you diet or what you eat this is about where you naturally put weight on so apple shapes will naturally put weight on their boobs and their tummy pear shape will naturally put weight on their bum and their thighs and you know there are places that no matter what diet you do you know that's why it's just better to look at nutrition rather than diets isn't it and just looking healthier yeah 
the healthy eating too. for your long-term health as opposed to a specific targeted weight I mean you obviously want to be a healthy weight but yeah absolutely and and even if you're a really healthy weight and you've got a lean body you will still have a particular shape whether it's hourglass or you know straight up or down or you'll still have those anyway won't you it's not this is not about weight this is about your body shape and there certainly absolutely. are different body shapes yeah, it's not about size, it's about shape. So you can be any you can be all different sizes, you know. Petite doesn't mean that you're someone who's size eight. It means that you're just under five foot four, but you can be, you know, a bigger size, dress size than that. So it's it's about definitely it's it's a, the size doesn't matter, it is the shape of your body. So it's whether you're if you look at my guide, it just tells you. But if, if your shoulders are sort of narrower than your hips, then you're probably a pear shape. You're that triangle shape. And it helps to work this out because then you can just cut out loads of choice in the shops and just hone in on the clothes that work for you. You know, and, and I've heard... That... Actually, Harriet, I'm quite interested to ask you about the diets for different, you know, body shape Because there's blood type diets and things like that, aren't there? Do you think there's... So that, they're that? all complete myths. Yeah. They're just the... There's no basis for blood type diets, um, you know, at all. And the same with body shape as well. There's no basis for for body shape diets. There's no evidence behind them. You know, there's a sort of general framework, you know, eating more fruit and vegetables, whole grain fats, uh, sorry, whole grain carbohydrates, healthy fats, you know, omega-3, fermented food, nuts and seeds. But, um, and then, you know, sort of tailoring it to um, specific um you know like specific health issues or specific goals but really anything to do with like blood group diet um they're all they're all just complete myths there's absolutely no association between what you should eat and your blood group and the same with your body shape okay so well you know the thing is as well is that fashion is sometimes like the enemy of food and you know fashionistas and all of that um, I, I remember that Kate Moss is one of her most famous quotes ever is, you know, nothing tastes as good as skinny feels. Um, and in the in the film, the devil, the devil wears Prada as well. Andy, the the main character, Anne Hathaway's character, says, I'm just one stomach flew away from my goal weight. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. Wow. I mean, I mean, just I think cutting out food or or having you know very low nutrient diet is really is really dangerous. And um, I'd hope that you know the fashion industry's moved on a bit from there. I think there have been sort of some plus size models, but I must say, I used to get um, lots of the fashion magazines when I was you know a teenager and my early twenties. But as a as a working mum, I just don't have the time. To, to, to look at them anymore so I wouldn't even know what the fashion trends were, were for models these days are they a bit bit more flesh on their bones or yeah I mean if if you if we remember back to the 90s it was heroin chic wasn't mm, it it was like really kind of emaciated sort of look and actually yeah we've moved on we have moved on but um there's definitely inclusive fashion you know all of that and I actually had someone on the podcast last week that's involved in creating fashion for autistic people so like weighted jackets and things like that and inclusive fashion includes clothes that are designed for people with disabilities as well um so we have moved on we've definitely moved on so that is a good definitely a good thing 
That's good. I think also diet has moved on as well. You know, vegan used to be just sort of trendy and people were a bit sort of sidelined, whereas now, you know, people realise the importance of plants. Not that I'm saying everyone should be vegan, but just sort of how important, you know, healthy food is and looking after yourself and eating more fruit and vegetables, those sort of those things and being more plant focused. So I think that's it's yeah. certainly good that, you know, the world has moved on a bit. Um, but I think food and, and fashion will always be really quite linked together as as you know how you feel about yourself wearing the clothes to, to eat the food and what you eat when you're wearing the clothes and what you put on to go to different places to do different eat you know different different restaurants you might wear different clothes or do different functions and things so I think it's really fascinating looking at how they they both linked really I find it fascinating and there's there is nothing wrong with looking nice and feeling like you could you know treat yourself and wear a nice dress and all of these things and you know people tend some people like I said at the beginning seem to think it's frivolous but it runs so deep it really does absolutely like we said totally change your mood and also I think there's sort of some overlap as well similarities between sort of the trends for sustainable eating about eating you know food that have had less air miles that are uh, sustainably produced you know locally produced um within season and also the sustainability trends within fashion you don't have to go out and buy a new piece of clothing just maybe look through your wardrobe you know edit it throw out the clutter so you can actually see a whole you know pile of things or swap with friends or you know buy investment pieces you're going to wear for a long time there's lots of trends sort of overlapping themes with that really do you see much what do you think of that whole trend really oh it's a huge conversation at the moment I mean this is like literally every single brand now has to show that they're sustainable they've got sustainable fabrics I mean people are so interested and also all the landfill that's you know clothes take up masses of landfill Mm. and it's just it's not sustainable it's not right we've got to definitely change and the fashion industry is changing um you know, shop your own wardrobe. There are there are ways. The thing is, if you've got lots of clutter in your wardrobe as well, it's hard to shop with intent. So you, you tend to then buy the same thing. So I would recommend definitely having a big wardrobe declutter. And, mm-hmm. you know, there are companies that will get rid of your clothes for you sustainably. So you don't even have to go to the charity shop. Or if you're anything like me, spend like have a bag of clothes in your boot of your car for like three months <laughs> and never actually go <laughs> yeah, to the charity <laughs> shop. But um, there's this company called Refashion. So it's re-fashion and they will send you some bags in the post, bag up the clothes you don't want. You take them to the post office, send them back completely free and they will dispose of them ethically. So there's, you know, and you feel so much better and lighter when you've got yeah. a decluttered wardrobe. And and it feels good when you're wearing more of what you've got. So, you yes. know, it feels better. That, no, absolutely. That sort of, um, the you know, trend is to reduce your clutter and then you can actually see it. Because otherwise I think there's some quote that people only wear 10% of their wardrobe. And I think I'm probably guilty of doing that a lot and um, partly of the reasons I've sort of outlined before the speed you know the com- you know it's comfortable I know what it uh, I, I know the practicality and the function of it but um, I'm sure if I had a wardrobe declutter I'd probably wear a few more of my clothes if I had less of them um, but I guess as also as well with the whole um, sort of sustainability thing is that I was absolutely shocked to find out about um, how much water it takes to produce one pair of jeans. I was really, you know, amazed by that. And I think that 
um it's it's just in, incredible we really have to sort of save you know think about our planet and and you know all act more sustainably and you know think about that so and i don't think it's sort of publicized enough really about how it's sort of something like 10 tons of water for one pair of jeans isn't it i mean it's just incredible. yeah i mean that yeah i mean that's uh, is shocking and you don't really think about this but it, i would recommend going to h&m because they've got a sustainable denim line oh really um okay. and you know that there's quite a few sustainable denim lines higher end as well in selfridges so have a look there um, but if you want more affordable, and I think H and M are brilliant anyway. They've got they've got those wide leg jeans if you want those wide leg jeans. They've got the skinny jeans if you want those. Whatever you want, they've got them all. Topshop used to be the leaders in jeans, but um, obviously they've gone. You know the Arcadia Group yeah. has gone. But I think Boohoo might have bought them. might have bought them. Yeah. I'm not really sure. Someone has bought them. They're all going online. But my recommendation for sustainable denim is H and M. Great. Thank you. So if um, if I were to book you for a consultation, how would it look like with a, a, a virtual consultation? How do you help people these days virtually? Yeah, so my, my cat has joined the podcast. <laughs> it's distracting me here, but we're all at home, so we have to carry on. So basically, I have a virtual wardrobe declutter service, oh. and that is um, two hours on Zoom, and I will go through and basically assess all of your pieces in the wardrobe things that you're not wearing some things might you might not be wearing because you haven't got the right shoes or you haven't got the right basics you know a lot of people mm-hmm. do not have the right basics in their wardrobe so that's why they they struggle to pull outfits together that's really really common also um not having the right footwear is another really common one which means lots of things that are perfectly good and suit your personal style and lifestyle are mm. actually hanging there unworn but you, yep. just by adding a couple of basics I recommend would can mm-hmm. pull together loads more outfits maybe getting a pair of ankle boots and a belt you know really small purchases wow. could bring lots of things to life and that's what my virtual wardrobe edit does so it's about revitalizing what you've already got and then I'll make a few suggestions of things that you can add to bring things to life so do, does a client get dressed up in front of you on the do they pick the clothes on and, and showing themselves to you what they're wearing yeah. or did sort of hang hold it up on a hanger yeah exactly so basically I get them in in things because I had a client a couple of weeks ago and she wasn't sure about the the cut of a dress mm-hmm. and so she went off and put the dress on and I sort of said actually it is a bit frumpy that dress we're going to get we're going to get rid of that because she said I feel frumpy in this I know it's not right so she put it on but most of the time they sort of hold it up and show it to me I mean the thing it's hard to see on zoom is color you can't see color right. as clearly as in you know if I'm at someone's house in daylight but I'm hoping that once you know once we get out of lockdown, I can resume my proper wardrobe edits where I do I do it all for the client. But for now, Zoom has been quite popular because I think people just also they just want to get on with decluttering their homes now as well, you know, and it, yeah. do something useful while well, they're locked down. Absolutely, I think you know for those people that have got those people that don't have a small family <laughs> that um, that you know that are struggling with homeschool and and feeling totally overwhelmed I'm sure there's loads and loads of people out there who are trying to declutter or do a bit of DIY or you know you're as you say you're stuck at home and you want to get feel sorted or do something I don't know that gives you that satisfaction of completion or you know that's 
satisfying task done um so i can totally understand that no it sounds sounds great and i think also in the same way with nutrition that sometimes people need you know just to have that accountability of you know telling them telling me what they've eaten for the week or what they've you know their diet and their choices that they probably it's probably quite helpful to have that from you that you know that she, that lady who's maybe doubting herself but hearing it from you gives them that confidence to go no it's okay i can put that i can you know take that out of my wardrobe and get rid of it you know obviously sustainably but yeah well give them uh, yeah confidence. I just wanted to mention I wanted to mention the guilt bit because you were talking about the guilt and at the beginning the cycle of guilt mm. and shame when you emotionally eat but also like people what's hanging in people's wardrobes is guilt and emotion guilt it is because it's in mine <laughs> guilt yeah because you feel guilty because you spent money on that item so yeah. you're like oh you humans hate feeling wasteful you know it's mm. like a horrible feeling you feel like okay I cut that dress cost me a lot of money um even though I feel crap in it and it doesn't really suit me I need to wear it because it costs me money and you just hang on to it yeah and it's just it's I'm not a, serving anyone it's not it's I'm not a great example you. of that no yeah, I'm a great example so I I have um I have some jumpers and I have some clothes actually from when I was 18 which is 22 years ago which I still fit into they're still perfectly reasonable jumpers I just don't like them and you know I'm a totally different person to who I was when I was 18 but I just can't I can't seem to get rid of them exactly you've got you've got a block you've got a block and what I do is I help people to get the required push to get rid of the things that have been languishing and it's like I give you permission to do it you're right it's like I'm just saying Harriet it's time to let it go you are not that person anymore you're you know you're Harriet the entrepreneur you're the doctor you all these things you're not that teen I'm not a teenager no uh, and I think the same, it's such a great overlap with food because I'm doing the same a lot with clients. They know sometimes, you know, quite a lot of the time what they need to eat and things, but it's having that sort of almost accountability and confidence and someone, you know, rooting for them and saying, you know, you can do it. Um, it's very similar. Um, so it sounds like I need your help, Lisa. I need yes, to get rid of definitely. my teenage clothes. It's so fascinating. It's just this, because it's, it's on such a human level. So many it people is. do it. They just can't do that decluttering thing. It's in, and it feels so cathartic when you've done it as well. I'm sure it does. But do you find lots of people sort of swap their wardrobe, you know, swap back and forth and they put one season wardrobe, you know, like I know that I do. I put all my summer clothes and hide them away when the water, winter comes. And then I have that horrendous, oh God, I've got to get my summer wardrobe out or whatever. And uh, I, do, so I don't have yeah. enough room to put it in one place. Yeah, I I highly recommend doing that because, again, if you've got visual clutter in the way, it's much harder to shop with intent. It's much harder to pull outfits together, all of those things. And, you're again, you're not wearing a big percentage of your wardrobe. So if you are able to get the winter stuff out, separate it, summer, also have a holiday section because then when you come to pack, there are certain things you'd only wear in Greece. You wouldn't wear them in yeah. London or wherever, you know, or the countryside, you know, things like that put them in a in a in a little section so when that you come is. to pack for a holiday whenever we that are is. allowed to go on holiday again it's easily there and it's not getting in the way of your day-to-day things also please go in your drawers because there are, there are so many people who literally have the amount of things I pull out it's like a TARDIS when I go through <laughs> people's drawers oh, they've got hundreds of pairs of jeans I haven't worn for years t-shirts I haven't seen for years are just in the drawers just languishing in there not well, you'd be horrified anyone. by my 
my um I've got an amazing or I did have I was really good and I got rid of them recently an amazing collection of um of bras of of pre-pregnancy pregnancy breastfeeding post breastfeeding you know and a multitude of different sizes that I was never going to be again um so yeah it does take some courage sometimes I think just to have that headspace to to do it and to get rid of them it does it takes courage but once you get on a roll once you get on a roll you know you just need to take half a day half a day and just get cracking on it and you know if you need help then get my zoom book my zoom wardrobe virtual (laughs) wardrobe edit because lots of people do need the help with it but you know it's try to leave your emotion at the door and we you know clothes even have sentimental clothes have sentimental value as well um, and that's that's why people find it difficult to let go I know and I'm you know I don't think I think lots of people have sort of their lucky clothes that they wore for a job interview or those type of things as well I don't have any of those but um but yeah the loads of my clothes I remember specific things or specific you know places I went or things I did and they're, they're very emotional and sentimental a lot of them but um which is why it's even harder to get rid of them but and then you need someone an outsider you need someone who's not emotionally involved to come along and give you that push push off the exactly because I'll just say why are you hanging on to you know this is not who you are today this there's Mm. no reason to hang on to those things if there are certain things that you feel really emotionally attached to you can always package them up and put them away in the loft you know Amazon do these bags these special kind of suction bags you put on the hoover on the yeah. vacuum and you can package them up really neatly if it's anything precious like silk or cashmere you need to make sure you put some moss stuff in there but just get them out of the way because they're just cluttering the space yeah. and it just isn't helping anyone <laughs> no and then you wear far fewer clothes which is why you just stick to the same old 10 percent that's at the top of the drawer yeah absolutely yeah. And oh, that's how people get in style ruts as well. That's how people get in style ruts because they're they're on a, you know they're just honing in on a. You actually get clutter blindness after a while, and you can't see the clothes you're not wearing. It's like you're blind to them as well, and you're just honing in on this small proportion of your wardrobe. It's this is all so common. It's really. I'm common. sure I'm. I know I'm totally guilty of this. <laughs> <laughs> and and other things, I'm quite good at being ruthless about being tidy and throwing things away. You know moving things on but uh, my wardrobe's not one of them but uh, <laughs> I need it I find um children on the same thing kids um kids paintings are quite hard you know and they come home from school and and you know they're not Picasso that you've got to sort of uh do something or let them on or move them or file them under B for bin or <laughs> they're so I know they're so I mean I have got a memory box up in the loft of some really precious things that I can't let go of yeah but, which I think is completely normal. Like, you know, we're all human and, you know, we have that emotional side to us all. So I think that's really good. But thank you so much. It's been so interesting talking to you and um, really insightful. I think that nutrition and food are, are so linked and it's been a real pleasure having you on to talk. So thank you. Yeah, I've loved it. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. I really hope you enjoyed listening and I'd love if you'd give me a five-star review and subscribe so that other people can find me too. I'm also at Healthy Eating Doctor on Instagram and I have lots more nutrition education information on both my video courses and on my website healthyeatingdoctor.com.